Welcome to the What's Good Games podcast. We are back from PAX with scratchy, scraggly voices, so we apologize for that. But man, was it an amazing weekend last weekend. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Alexa Ray Korea. Hi. Hi. <laughs> also kind of dead voice. <laughs> Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Nice Hi. beard. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I just, noticed, I just that. noticed that too. Uh, Christine Steimer. Hi. I also like Britney's beard. Can you please keep that beard the whole show? I'll try. So Definitely. for everyone who's listening to the show, Britney has taken two pieces from either side of her face I of her hair, pulled it to her chin, and then used <gasps> a hair tie to make a little chin ponytail. <laughs> and now she has a beard. Alexa's would be more like a dwarf beard. Yeah. Alexa's beard is gonna beard. be like full on like Gimli beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all a little a little out there this week. Yes. <laughs> This yes. is why you guys love this show, though, because we're my wacky. beard has highlights. Oh my god! Like, go here in the middle, so people can see the beard. Yep, beard. <laughs> it's, it's so good. That's so good. Okay, that is that's amazing. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, most of this week's episode is going to be us talking about our hands-on for what we played at PAX. Our PAX panel will be uploaded. Oh, no. I just need to get to it. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Um, uh, I just have to ed- uh, video edit it, or excuse me, audio edit it. Um, we did have a minor snafu where the f- introduction of the panel did not get recorded. Um, but luckily, I believe the bulk of it did. So I will, you know, you know, work your we'll magic together and we'll yeah. let you know when that's going to get um, uploaded. Thank you to everybody who came out and saw us at PAX West, whether you saw us at our panel or if you came to our Life is Strange Before the Storm episode one launch party. Thank you again to Square Enix and Astro Gaming for partnering with us on that. It was a really fun time. We got to meet so many of you. Took some great pictures, which you can check out on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash what's good games. Um, we have some cool new content coming for our patrons this month we have some exclusive videos uh happening and of course that secret segment so if you guys want to get in on that that's patreon.com slash what's good games so um today is we're we're experiencing i don't know what i'm doing i'm reading what's on my computer um (laughs) today we um we played destiny so today is we are recording the show on Wednesday night. Uh, most of us haven't gotten enough hands-on time yet with Destiny Two to actually give some full impressions. And so what we're going to do is we're going to maybe touch on it very lightly later on in the show, but we're going to do a bigger deep dive into that next week. Yeah, since, um, we'll have more time to play. But since Britt won't be on the show next week, oh boy, we will uh, do a little bit of talking about it today. 
Uh, so let's start with some news, shall we? I'm trying to keep my shit together. But, oh, you got rid of your beard, Alexa. I It got really complicated. I started braiding it and then accidentally tied a knot into it. <laughs> my hair so fucking long. It was really <laughs> impressive. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Continue. Maybe later I'll fix it. Okay. <laughs> I think it looked awesome. Oh, are you going to... She's going to keep her beard. You yeah, I thought beard. you were taking it out, Britt, but I guess not. Yeah, I got like the Billy Goat beard going on. Yeah, <laughs> you do have Billy Goat beard. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now do it right into the microphone so we can hear you. There you go. That Perfect. just sounds like you're choking. <laughs> Fuck you. That's a really good baby goat noise. Thank you. <laughs> um, Britt. Yeah. What's the first item of news here? The first item of news is that I'm. I'm just. I just got. I just opened the doc. Okay. I'm looking at the headline. <laughs> oh, I'm teeing you up. Okay, that's success. fine. It is PUBG has sold 10 million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do the doctor. That's right. Thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds has been one of the biggest surprise hits of 2017, and it has passed a significant sales milestone. Sold over 10 million copies on Steam since it went into early access in March God, earlier this year. God, it's not even actually out. It's no. an early access game. Yep. <laughs> And it's only available on a single platform right now. Yeah, it's on So and it PC. is the best-selling single-platform game of 2017, beating Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a PlayStation 4 exclusive, which is r- around roughly 3.3 million copies. And The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is around 4.4 million, and that, but that counts Wii U and Switch copies together. But it is a Nintendo exclusive. So both of those combined still... Yeah, or less than what uh, PUBG has done on Steam. So this is interesting for a variety of reasons. First, it's an early access game. And I know that there are many people out there that have very poignant thoughts. They take umbrage. About, yes, <laughs> about early access. And if early access is a good thing, and should we even be selling games that are in early access, knowing that they're not finished and they're most likely broken? Should we be paying de- developers to be like their beta participants, their QA testers? Um, and, um, I think that this speaks a lot to people's willingness to take a chance on an early access game. Clearly the word of mouth has benefited this game quite wildly. Yeah. I mean, it's not my kind of game, but I'm kind of starting to feel a little bit of FOMO because there's so many inside jokes and I see so many people having so much fun with it that I'm thinking we should all play together at some point. Yeah. No, we definitely yeah. we definitely need to play together yeah. at some point. I think for me I'm at a point now where I don't want to jump in on mouse and keyboard and get wrecked. Uh, I know that there is a way to, you know, finagle controller support even though official controller support I believe is not in the game yet, but there are like some ways to like kind of like Jerry Riggin in there, but mm. I would kind of want to wait for the Xbox One release of this game. I don't think yeah. you'd get wrecked. Though, like, this is not the same way a Call of Duty or maybe like Battlefield would work. <laughs> lightly, <laughs> like, what you might get booped. But <laughs> you get booped a little bit. Get booped around. Okay. <gasps> Who knew that here in the darkest timeline, the the best selling game would be a game where where you play gets smaller, and if you win, you just get some cooked meat products. <laughs> Like, I would have never. I remember when this game came out and people were like, oh, you got to play PUBG. PUBG's the thing. And I looked at it and I looked it up and I saw the gifts of like hundreds of little men like swimming in the water together. And I'm just like, I don't, 
And I was like, I don't like, know what's what this going is, on, but it's not for me. So I'm going to move on with my life and go back to my anime. And here we are. And uh, no, I now feel like I feel like the greatest FOMO. I do wonder, does anybody know how much it is on Steam? No, it- I will look it up right now. Not that that, I mean, still 10 million copies is 10 million copies, but I'm just curious if price. You want to know the numbers. Yeah, baby. I like damn numbers. Speaking of numbers, I'm on Wikipedia and I'm looking at the most, the most sold video games of all time. Sorry. It's been a long week. My sentence structure is not good. It's $29.99. Okay. So significantly less than Zelda or Horizon. Correct. So if you take that into account... The fact that it's half the price of both of those games. They're probably around the same in as far as revenue goes. Perhaps. So, as I was saying, I am on Wikipedia. What do you ladies think is the number one selling video game of all time? Tetris. Of course. How many units? It's like, Seven trillion. No, it's like, it's like a crazy number. It's like <laughs> over 100 million or something. It's 170 million. Wow. Now, the, most, the video game that sold the most that was not part of a console launch, however, is Pokemon Red and Blue, which has of sold course. 31 million units. So it's kind of interesting to look through this. I contributed two of those copies. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) I was like, I bought two. PUBG is one third of a Pokemon. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I'm looking down the list and Wikipedia only shows the top 50. And number 48 is the um, highest number that has not been launched with a console. And that's Battlefield 3. And that has sold 15 million copies. So we probably will see PUBG on here in the near future. Totally. Yeah, I have to imagine once it hits once it hits Xbox One X, it's gonna really take off. But really, if they wanna really make some money, they have to launch on PlayStation 4. Timed exclusive bullshit. I mean Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, clearly Microsoft gave Blue Hole money for this. I mean, that's there's no that's way how around it goes. that. And it was a really smart move. Like that is what Xbox needs to do. They need to pay money to get these kinds of exclusives to bring people to their platform. Yep. And so, like, my hats off to Microsoft for 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 getting this one right. Like, I'm really excited to see it take off and see just how big the audience grows and. You know, look at how they, you know, evolve the game over the next, you know, 12 to 18 months as they come out of, you know, games preview and early access on console as well. And, you know, eventually it will come to PS4 because people like making money. They do. (laughs) They sure do. It's a a win-win for them to come to PlayStation 4. It's just about win. So uh, congratulations to everybody on that team. I know, you know, um, Brendan Green, the guy who... Player unknown who's been making these mods for a long time. He's not player unknown anymore. Well, I mean, <laughs> player known or whatever. Yeah, but he's not player unknown it's anymore. True. Dun, dun, he's, not, he's a multimillionaire now. Blue hole man started out making mods and now he's like got a really popular game. Congrats, God bless man. you. Congrats. Um, all right, Stumbles next story. Uh, Pokemon boss thought Switch would fail. So I don't know anything about this story. I'm just going to read the bullet points. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. So when it says Pokemon boss, who the, is the Pokemon boss? He's you know, the guy the you fight boss. at the end of all of the Pokemon no, there's games. Gotta be, oh, I forgot <laughs> to put it. I forgot to let put me, his name let me the pull thing. the. We're a real professional operation <laughs> here, everybody. Um, Look, guys, we just came back from PAX. All of us are a little, uh, a little broken. The Pokemon boss. Pokemon is- Company CEO. Here we go. Sunekazu Ishihara. Thank you, <laughs> Alexa Ray, Resident for that Japanese pronunciation. 
So uh, he says, I told Nintendo that Switch wouldn't be a success before it went on sale because I thought that in the age of the smartphone, no one would carry out a game. No one would carry a game console. It's obvious I was wrong. (laughs) So clearly he's referring to how popular the Switch has been and how great it's doing. And so he says uh, the Switch's success has been a learning experience. Quote, I came to realize the key to a successful game is quite simple. Software with absolute quality leads sales of hardware. A fucking men. Playing style can be flexible if the software is attractive enough. Currently, it's popular among the early adopters, but there needs to be one more step to attract a wider audience. I see more potential in Switch, but one shouldn't overestimate its potential. I like how he's just, like, laying down the truth. He's like, yeah, you need software, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he's he's pretty spot on here. Britt, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, so if you continue to read the article, he kind of talks about Pokemon Switch. And he says something in there that makes me a a little nervous about the upcoming Pokemon Switch title. Uh Uh-oh. Which is, quote, Unlike smartphones, the Switch is not a game device that assumes that there's constant network connectivity. So from my perspective, it's really not that different from DS or 3DS in terms of connectivity. No! <laughs> so does that mean that there's going to be no multiplayer? I'm that- assuming it... I'm, oh, I'm hoping that means they just won't have it be like any sort of requirement. So it's not like a... Well... Online uh, forever. So I don't know. That's Splatoon's an online it. game. That's one way to look at it. But then the other thing is like the thing that that has players so kind of like hung up on Pokemon Go is the multiplayer is not really multiplayer. Like, what do you do with Pokemon in the game? You battle them against other people. So naturally, if you have this console that is great connectivity with other consoles and you can carry it anywhere. If you have a Pokemon game, you should be able to walk up to someone with it, match with them and then battle your Pokemon against them. Like that seems like the logical way to develop this game. If that is not a feature in the Pokemon Switch game, I will backflip off of the earth because that is the stupidest. (laughs) It is the it is the stupidest move I will have ever seen a publisher make. Yeah, I mean, I would have to imagine that there's going to be some sort of lobby where players can run around with their avatars and trade with people, do some and battles do all of the things because i feel like finally with the switch we can get that sort of kind of more realistic pokemon game we've all been wanting i just hope they don't pull a nintendo and do something completely unexpected like uh not include multiplayer that's yeah. so like, i don't think i'm hoping that he didn't mean that he just sure, we all are <laughs> well maybe they'll like always on re- maybe they'll release another cable or those little remember the link cables you needed to trade oh, oh god yeah oh maybe it'll be another one of those i don't know about the <laughs> The the more realistic Pokemon. I hope this doesn't mean that all the Pokemon are going to get like a. We made them look more realistic. Oh no no like, no! That would be terrifying. That's not what I meant. I meant more like, <laughs> of the features of like you, yeah. that. Yeah, where you actually see other players and can like interact. I don't know. The, I, I would hope, like to see that. Are you waiting for the car Pokemon? Alexa, how could you, Simon? <laughs> oh. I'm just no, teasing thinking, her. I'm teasing. No, her. I'm thinking about it. Uh, for context, the cars and cars terrify me, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, so, a car Pokemon would not be great. I don't know. I'm thinking of like, like 
Somebody did really great artwork a couple of years back of what a Gyarados would look like in real life. And it's oh, God. Really beautiful and terrifying. But like, then I think of like a Chansey or a Garbodor or like, or, Garbodor. or like the Sandcastle Pokemon. And like, I don't want to see, guest? I don't want to no, see any of that. Kind of I don't want to keep, keep that yeah. away. No, the Charmanders the and the Pikachus of the world can come, but the Garbodors can stay in the trash where they belong. Where they belong. I don't want to see those pores on that Garbodor. Don't make it. <laughs> oh, don't God. Make it. <laughs> Um, but no no Brittany I think like like it makes me a little nervous but it does make me yeah because if if they don't add it wah wah um to talk about the numbers that Ishihara was talking about I have some numbers that I think might have been in that same article numbers so uh, according to newly released figures the Nintendo Switch has reached 1.5 million sales in Nintendo's home country of Japan since March it is significantly better than the start of the PS4 in 2013. Uh, Nintendo's last officially reported Switch sales figures for the period covering launch through June 30th was 4.7 million consoles. Jeez. So they're not doing bad. Yeah. yeah. If only they could make more, yeah. You were wrong, Pokemon boss. That's yeah. okay. I mean, you know what? He admitted it, and that's it's okay. Fine. You're allowed to be wrong, so long as you're not a jerk about it. Right. right. That's true. Now make a damn Pokemon game. Make a good make Pokemon a good. game. Don't screw this up. Don't screw this up because you screw this up. You screw this up for all of us Pokemon. <laughs> and you're going to have to backflip off the earth. And that's going to be really hard. Which is not physically possible, but that's okay. We'll I love the go. image, though. Like, that's a great... Just right. like trying to picture her backflipping like, up. There's the, that glitch in Skyrim <gasps> where the wild cats start spinning and just spin up into the sky and disappear. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> Just goodbye. Goodbye forever. Oh, goodbye forever. Amazing. Goodbye forever. Um, Can I read this one? Yes, you may. <laughs> and then there is one more story we have to talk about after this. Is it the... Okay. Okay. So I picked, I picked this. I picked, I picked the news today in case no one figured it out. I love it. Um, so while it packs, uh, Final Fantasy XV director, Hajime Tabata, my BFF, uh, did a bunch of interviews. And someone asked him about nude mods on PC for the Steam version of Final Fantasy XV, which is a thing that is coming. Um, (laughs) Said that if players don't play the thing, me, all of them naked all the time, um, if players do the thing, then it could affect mod support in the future. Because it sounds to me like Squire really would like you to not make its characters nude. Does that mean that if, if there are a bunch of nude mods, they won't do more support? They won't support it more? So he said, Tabata said, Personally, we want to give users the freedom to do what they feel is best in terms of how they enjoy the game. So we don't want to put too many limitations on the types of mods that are going to be available. However, questionable mods, uh, this is not part of the quote, but questionable mods could impact whether or not Square Enus allows them for other Final Fantasy titles as well. He said, if things are taken a little too far, it might affect the influence it might affect and influence the possibility of mods for future Final Fantasy games. So if there's anything we could say, it's it's to try to be as controlled as possible. So you heard that, you little modder buttholes. Control yourselves. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't get Final Fantasy mods. I mean, so I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't be upset with a nude mod if it's only like on for maybe like a week and then it gets taken down. That's okay. I neither. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just I being mean, honest. I... <clears throat> I I'm a little conflicted about this. So I understand that the idea of mods is 
allowing your community to do something creative with the work that you have built and ultimately as Bethesda, you know, can attest, it's better for your game if you let people, you know, show love to your game by letting them make well letting them make mods as long as they're not exploiting the code and the back end system and the, like, you know, the technical guts of your game, which you know sometimes does happen, but if you provide them with the tools to make mods and then they do something inappropriate like this, it's still technically the IP holder's right to say, hey, I don't want you to do that. Yep. Yeah. We're not going to let you do that anymore. <clears throat> and like, while that sucks and everyone can be mad, it's just like maybe if the creator says, hey, like we want you to have fun, but like be respectful. And then you're like, nah, dog, I'm going to do what I want. Then you're kind of like asking for it in a certain sense. I, I guess the part idea. that bothers me is that he's like, this might affect fu- the whether or not we support mods in the future because i'm like you're absolutely going to get some nude mods like that's not a question you, you can you can ask people to be polite all you want it's not gonna happen um but don't let that ruin it for your entire community like that just seems like a weird stance to take to be like well if we get nude mo- and i'm not saying they're doing this but i'm gonna go over exaggerated if we get nude mods no more mods for any of you and you're like what <laughs> but but we're yeah. like over here doing what we're like you know being nice polite little modders and making cool stuff. I mean I I hear you, Stammer, but it's kind of like he has to say something about it because obviously they want to yeah. discourage things like this. Um, All you have to say is that we have community guidelines of some sort. Please adhere to them, or your mod will be taken down. Well, Miss Quarrynix is very notorious for taking its fan feedback extremely extremely seriously, aka. Final Fantasy VII remake that was not supposed to remake. It was just a tech demo. Look what you all did. Um, so I can definitely, yeah. So I can definitely see a nude mod or two upsetting the team enough that they just block mods, which sucks because I'm really looking forward to the mod that turns all the behemoths into Thomas the Tank Engine. So I hope this doesn't like ruin it for me, who really likes Thomas the Tank Engine modded into her games. I'm just saying, don't yeah. screw this up for me. Agreed. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a tough. It's a tough call. I, you know, I understand it. You know, Square's position. So hopefully, people can like keep their, um, you know, sexual fantasies to themselves. Just in this instance, there are Just plenty of other games you can keep it you on know, Tumblr. You can have keep it on Tumblr. Keep it on Tumblr. So there's one more story I want to get to before we start talking about games, and it's about oh, it's this one, yeah, our favorite. Italian slash Japanese platforming hero, Super Mario. Mm. So his name is actually Mario Mario. Well, <laughs> Mario Mario. It's okay. a me Mario Mario. Mario. All you heathens that say Mario, get out, get out. <laughs> he, he says, says his name. He says his own name. His Come name on. is not Mario. <laughs> um, okay, so Nintendo says that Mario is not currently a plumber. Apparently, hell no. Why would so, he be? He's a Goomba stomper. Yeah, so according to Nintendo, they say while he might have worked on pipes and drainage solutions at one point in time, he has since moved on to focus more on everything cool. What? (laughs) That is the most... Everything cool? So it says all around sporty, whether it's tennis or baseball, soccer or car racing, Mario does everything (laughs) cool. As a matter of fact, he also seems to have worked as a plumber a long time ago. So let me get this straight. 
everything cool. <laughs> Stomping on the heads of small creatures just trying to live their lives. <laughs> fly, using, using up a precious water source to fly around on a tiny backpack, cleaning up goop. You live on an island, guys. There's water all around you. You can't figure that out for yourself. Um, uh, uh, capturing, I'm sorry, possessing other people and... <laughs> And, and entering their bodies and ruining their lives for short periods of time. Everything cool, not cool. Also, <laughs> cool. the things they listed, not jobs. I mean, unless you are right. a professional at them. He just listed a bunch of hobbies. But he's a hero. Heroes he don't, heroes don't have he, jobs. He's like an anti-hero. Mario Steinberg. <laughs> Come on. How many, Koopas, how many Koopa Troopers have died at the hands of that, <laughs> that, that, they're of that maniac? Those Koopa just kids jumping just, around. Want, just want a mom. I mean, they have and issues, they clearly okay? haven't died. They he have just bops them on the head. They <laughs> go away and then they're back. Scooping up poor, the field. Poor children. On the head. Head. Yeah. These poor orphans with yeah. family issues. He throws a little fireball at them. They get a little stung and then they go crying. And then, they're, and then bam, they're back. He's or he drops them in lava. Yeah, he spends, but he spends most of his time beating up on a sad single dad that just wants to find his place in life. <laughs> so I, I can't get he behind Mario. He just wants Mario to find right love. I can't get behind Mario. <laughs> Don't you want Mario to get behind you? Oh! Oh, oh I forgot to mention, uh, we should not forget that Mario has also been a doctor. No. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. And a That's professional a real job. baseball player and golfer. Mario may be the scariest character in video games. He might be. He's not he's not licensed <laughs> in any of that shit. Yeah, he just does it. Oh my god, he's the world's greatest con artist. He is. I he's mean the he, world. Uh, there's so many things we could talk about for Mario. I don't know. Kinda now that we're talking about this, it's getting real and it's getting deep and it's kinda he's freaking me it's kinda freaking me out a bit. I mean he he's a cat sometimes. Now he's a doctor. He shoots fire, he eats mushrooms. I don't know. Fuck, he eats what? mushrooms, he shoots fire. Mario should not be a, raccoon. a Nintendo character. Yeah, Mario should not be operating on people after he takes mushrooms. Mm. He rides a small dinosaur. <laughs> he makes a small dinosaur carry carry his girth across the land and sometimes <clears throat> lets that small dinosaur yeah. die into holes. <laughs> so he can jump and make it. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Poor Yoshi, you deserve better. Oh, this went way yeah, downhill. I do love Yoshi. Yoshi does deserve better. This Freedom went way downhill. Equality for Yoshi. Oh my god! I love you. All Yoshi's matter. <laughs> Hashtag all Yoshi's matter. I, it actually more reminds me of like uh, Hermione when she starts up the house elf. <laughs> I yeah. can't remember what it was called. The like the, the freedom fighters for the elves, <laughs> whatever they were. Uh, I'm gonna look this up now. Yoshi's need an advocate. They need that. They need that same thing. Not same to mention, he forces the Yoshis to eat all sorts of weird, random creatures and weird oh, yeah, berries like, that right. you find on yeah. bushes. Like, you shouldn't do that. Those could be poisonous. Yes, spew. That's right. The Society for the Promotion of Elvish Welfare. So we're going to have a Society for Promotion of Yoshi Welfare. Spew. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the news because let's be frank. Most of the news this week has been dominated by Destiny 2. Um, and if we miss something, apologies. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some games that we played at PAX West 2017. <laughs> Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode of the What's Good Games podcast is brought to you by MacWeldon.com. 
Alexa Ray, did you know that Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabric, and simple shopping? I did because I bought a bunch of his stuff. So you bought some of what? What did you buy? So we got, uh, so my significant other plays soccer. So we got a lot of the underwears because apparently it's a very sad time when you have underwear that doesn't let you breathe while you play sports. This is true. Breathable underwear is very important. And he got a bunch of them and he actually really liked it. They were super comfortable. I know their big thing is like the like the moisture wicking anti-odor stuff. And uh, I sweat a lot when I work out. So I actually borrowed one of those t-shirts and I completed a, a Soul Cycle class in a Mac Walden t-shirt. Amazing. And I did not stink. That's fantastic. You know why you don't think it's because they have a whole silver line of products that which means they're naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor for all of you people who have trouble understanding big words like I do sometimes. But I want you guys (laughs) to know they don't just have uh, underwear and shirts. They also have hoodies and socks. The socks are real cute. And a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So you can pick out a variety of colors and patterns. And when you do so, make sure when you're at your checkout, you enter in our special promo code WGG to get 20% off your entire order. That's at MacWeldon.com in case you missed it at the beginning. And make sure once you are ready to check out with all of your antimicrobial silver underwear, hoodie, sock packages, do it. Put in that code WGG to save 20% off of your order. We played some games at PAX West, and um, we played a bunch of different types of games. So maybe let's start with the game that we all played was together. Well, actually, I, Alexa, I don't know if you... Well, you played that. Who wasn't there? Brittany? Brittany wasn't there. Oh, you didn't play yeah. Monster Prom. Our, our no. unnamed PA subbed in. Oh, yeah. I forgot, I forgot about, about that. that. <laughs> um, so, okay, there was a game that we played. So at our panel... Um, one of our um, awesome fans came up. Was it Rihanna that came up to us and said that? Uh, there was Rihanna, two dudes. Well, one was a dude. Or was it a dude? It was a I guy. don't remember who said it. it and then I apologize, person listening. I forgot your name because I'm a bad person. They tweeted it at us. I'll go find um, it later. But it's like a thousand but tweets. Like, yeah. They were like, go play Monster Prom. So yeah. we went and played Monster Prom. So Brit, uh, not Brittany, excuse me. Uh, Alexa, explain what Monster Prom is. Monster Prom is a dating simulator in which you are a monster in a high school of monsters. Um, You play with up to three friends passing the controller and you have to try and woo one of the coolest monsters in school to go to the prom with you. So it's like a competitive dating sim, basically. It is a competitive dating sim. Uh, All four of you, uh, not all of you will win your date. You can, as we learned, sometimes you don't get to go to the prom because you're really terrible at social interaction. Um, And it plays out sort of like a visual novel. It's text-based um, and you have uh, action options where, uh, for example, you have to play a prank on a teacher and there's a ghost and a werewolf. And the werewolf is like this hunky jock and the Scott. ghost is like this really <laughs> cute like, ghosty girl. And they're like, we're going to prank the teacher. What should we do? And they ask you. And the teacher's a vampire. <laughs> so you can either do something 
I forgot the other option because we didn't pick it or I didn't pick it. There was an option that was less benign, like a like a very like 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 silly textbook kind of uh, prank. No, the first option was open the blinds. Oh and yeah, then the she'll first turn into dust. Yeah, it like, was really like like murdering. kill them. It was, it was open wow. the blinds. And then the second option was tell her there's something on her face. She won't be able to check because she's a vampire. So she can't see her reflection. And uh, I picked that one, the one where there's something on your face. And the teacher walks into the room and this douchebag other vampire in my class, Liam, Liam, the shitty (laughs) hipster vampire, vampire, uh, told the teacher that we were going to play a prank on him. And we all got detention and all of them were like, you're the worst. You suck. Goodbye. Um, But it's decisions (laughs) like that, basically. And what's interesting about it is the first uh, round of decisions that I made, I got frustrated because I lost points because I didn't really understand. And then it became clear that you have to keep an eye on your stats. So you have stats for like creativity, boldness, smarts, uh, et cetera. And so you have to look at the questions and go, hmm, do my stats have an effect on how I'm going to answer. And like the short answer is yes. But like the long answer is like, okay, so now I need to figure out if I was going to make this choice, would my character make this choice because they're creative, because they're bold, because they're smart. Um, And that to me was really interesting how that those stats really affected, you know, the overall gameplay. And it makes you play to your strengths. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I just didn't really look at my strengths and weaknesses before I picked my character. I just picked her because she was red. Oh. Her name is red. You well, get to pick your own name eventually, <laughs> but her name in the demo was red. So, so what I want to know. No, nah. Go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. But Well, I'm not kidding. I, but um, to the point of like, you can't just pick what you want. Like the reason that it didn't work. I, I had a train of thought going. It derailed and I'm trying to bring it back around. But we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um is that you weren't bold enough, I think, to make that one choice. Or, like, you didn't have, like, the right kind of stats in order to make it. So you can't just pick the funny one, which is what we did. I did, a, I did it, too, and I failed at the thing. <laughs> I was Yeah, really but you sad. got to go to prom. I did. I somehow managed to get someone to like me enough to take me to prom, but I don't And that know was my that question. Happened. Did anyone go to prom? I mean, so te- prom. technically, no, because, because that's not the, part of the demo. Yeah. But I was the only one in a suit at the end of it, meaning I think I was the only one on that way to go to prom at yeah some point. my ending specifically said you are bad at social interaction i forgot about that it did say that i really i don't remember what mine said i think it, i i think i messed up too many times to to get even close to to getting somebody to like me and so what's interesting about it is that there are certain situations where you have to choose if you want to curry favor with the monster you're going to ask to prom, or if you want to raise your stats, which then might help you in a conversation with your, you know, crush later on in the game. And I thought that that was a really interesting concept that, so the part that we played was sitting, picking a a seat at a table in the lunchroom. And so you had to strategically pick, okay, which people do I want to sit next to? Do I want to sit next to the person I want to ask and hope that we can like strike up a conversation and they'll start to like me? Do I want to sit next to somebody I've never talked to before and maybe they'll help me boost my stats in another area? And then there's also a shop mechanic. So I sat down at a table... (laughs) Next to this, like, weird, like, cat character. 
And he like opened his jacket and was like, you want to buy my stuff? Oh. And it was like all kinds of weird random fan fiction yeah. cocaine a used tampon yeah it was um, like the weirdest yeah, it was stuff. weird stuff. a weird a mobile app clearly meant to make fun of clash of clans that was funny <laughs> something was else it was really it was really tongue-in-cheek and like really uh, interesting and the developer was saying that some of these items can come into play if you have them on you like for example if you have like the like there's a romance novel like a dragon romance novel and if you have it on you in the game and you talk to another character the characters will be like oh wait a minute you read that too and you can actually get bonus points with or work on that relationship with someone if they see that you have this book because you both like the same book. I actually really liked the, I thought the writing was really funny and I thought the characters were all really unique. Yeah. I yeah. thought they were great. The art style was also really well done. They really had a very unique sense of style. Polly, the ghost was always like in these like short shorts and like her bra was always showing through her shirt in some way. She's a party she girl. She's like got the high ponytail with like the glasses on her head. Like very like um you know like A-list popular girl at school. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. like she's like Cher from Clueless essentially. You could very easily identify their stereotypes by looking at them and like who oh, yeah. they're supposed even though but they're But I kind of like how there was a twist on it. Like Scott the werewolf was like dressed up in a letterman jacket, clearly meant to be like the jockey football player, mm-hmm. but he also had like a super big heart and always wanted to do the kind right thing, but he was he's a werewolf, which I th- thought was Ow. a really interesting choice. Yeah. I like the I like the Medusa lady with the snake head who's like an uber feminist who's like trying to like wheel and deal and like do business stuff and she's like a very like business minded character. Yeah, I liked her. She's so like when does this game come out or is it out? It's not um, out. It's not out yet. So it's out very soon. He said he was targeting us, October, right? He said October or February because like the holiday is mm. like is dead time for indie games. So. We'll yeah, so I just, I just wanted to say a little bit about the people who are making this. So it's from a group called Beautiful Glitch, and they're based in Barcelona. Um, and so this actually got funded on Kickstarter. Hmm. And so there's a couple different people involved in, in making the game. And if you guys want to learn more about the game, you can check it out at monsterprom.pizza, which is kind of... That's amazing! I love it. On their site, they say in three weeks is when the game is going to come out. But uh, since us, since we spoke to him, it sounds like they maybe are a little bit behind schedule, which is, you know, they're a very, very, very small team. So yeah. it's not surprising, but it's really we're fun. We're hopefully going to do um, a let's play with all four of us since that would be really yes. fun. And maybe mm-hmm. we can stream that with you guys. But that was a cool game that we saw. Um, Brittany. Hello. You played some other stuff at PAX. I did. So this PAX was really, I feel like I was always going somewhere or doing something, but I only got to see about six games, so I don't know how that happened. Um, So the games I went hands-on with were Secret of Mana, which I talked about briefly at our panel, and Alexa, I know you went hands-on with this too. Sounds great, looks great, I'm really excited to see like how that evolves, and they're not making any other changes to it, are they? Except for... Nothing. There's the voice act. Well, there's the voice, the, the voice acting. acting and the music has like the, the music soundtrack. sounds. Yeah, the music sounds the same, but there's some extra like beeps and boops in the background, but it still sounds fantastic. Um, I got to play Lost. Is it Spear or Sphere? Lost, Lost Sphere. 
it's a sphere for maybe yes. like 15 minutes and then we may or may not have had a party to go to it may may not have been the life oh. is strange party so i had to cut that short um but that I came for like an hour huh i played that game for an hour i'll talk oh. about it later but oh, yeah i would love to hear because yeah. i loved i am satsuna um or like to, i like to call it i am satsuma because it sounds like the orange and uh i Looks like it has a lot more potential. I would love to play it more. The other game I played, I can't talk about because it's under embargo. I played Nine Parchments at the Xbox, the ID at Xbox event, which is the top-down action RPG game. Um, but got to play that for maybe like five or ten minutes. But unfortunately, I think the developers were really, really exhausted and they couldn't really answer any of my questions and they didn't seem very excited. So that demo kind of got cut short. I love you guys very much. If you're listening, just, you know, something I learned from that appointment, not to like rant, but if you're in the middle of, well, if you're in the middle of a demo appointment and the developers, like I understand they're probably exhausted and they're probably been doing that all day, but if they don't seem really engaged, it really kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth with the demo. Have you guys ever experienced that? Yeah, that's fair. I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you you made this. So like, I want you to be excited about it. (laughs) I think that goes both ways because I've been in I've been in appointments where I was really excited, but it was clear that another media person, whether it be, you know, a streamer or a journalist who was there and they weren't they clearly weren't interested in the game. And you could tell that like the the dev was kind of mad about that. Um, I think you're right in saying like, hey, I'm here taking the time all parties involved should be, you know, polite enough to be, to show some interest, to learn about what you're there. Otherwise, like, maybe just don't do the appointment. Yeah, like, I know Uh, if you may, if you are media or whatever, if you take appointments, like, don't be that person that comes into the appointment and, like you said, sits there and is, like, curmudgeonly or, like, especially in a group demo, because a group demo can really be made, like, made or broken by the attitudes of everyone in it. Yeah. And some of the best group demos I had, like I'll, I played Monster Hunter World, which I'll talk about later, but I played actually with Brandon Jones and with our unnamed PA and some rando dude and, and rando dude never met him before, sat down with us and the four of us just together, were all really excited about the game and we killed our first monster together in like under 10 minutes and like the demo, the people, Capcom was really impressed with us. So like that that kind of experience like even like come in excited you get to play a video game at a convention like yeah. don't don't be the person that comes in and is just like well it's a video game like yeah and, and for brit for your specific situation i would hope that you would you know remember and other people out there who've had your experience where they kind of got snubbed by someone from the development team would remember that they're just one person of potentially hundreds of people who made this game and who have worked on this game and who have put their blood, sweat, and tears into this, you know, to this piece of art, this piece of software. It sucks that that one person, um, you know, kind of tainted your experience with the game. And I, I'm I mean, for that. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, I think that's great advice, too. Just remember, they're probably exhausted and they're probably on their wits end. Um but it's okay. I mean, I'm still very interested in the game. It was fun to play. It was really difficult, which is fun when you're playing a cooperative game. Um, the other thing I played was with you, Andrea, and that was the crew, too. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was fun. We I had watched a lot you of fun. guys. And yes, I mean, you watched us. So I'm really bad at all things driving, any driving levels, anything racing, I'm, except for Mario Kart. I'm like, I'd give myself a solid D plus on that. But all <laughs> the other games, <laughs> pretty much an F. Uh, that was fun. What were, you thought? What were your thoughts, Andrea, on the crew, too? 
So I played, I didn't play a whole lot of the original The Crew, but I really loved the way that they did multiplayer. Um, and they brought that back in force and then some this time. So we played on PC and in, was it 1080p or 4K? I can't remember. Um, but it looked I think gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The water effects were fantastic. The environments and all of the art, the lighting, everything. The game looked beautiful and it played super smooth. So the big thing with the crew this time around is that uh, they've added <coughs> all these different types of vehicles. So in addition to cars, there's boats and Can you drive planes. a boat on a, on a street? Yeah, so here's the thing. It's like seamless transition from vehicle to type to vehicle type. Oh, shut the. You literally hold, and we have some gameplay that we're hopefully going to get edited. Uh, You hold like the left stick down, and you a radial wheel comes up. You select the boat, and you instantly change into the boat. And if you're in the sky. Like, if you were flying, your boat just falls from the sky and lands wherever it lands. Wow. So the the idea would be to be a plane to, oh, and then go over water and then... And then become land, a boat. And then, like, smoothly land the boat on the water and just keep going right away. So, but you, Or if you're like me, you accidentally change into a boat when you're in the middle of a forest. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> that was great. So I looked over and I see, like, this, like, lopsided boat, like, stuck between trees. I was like, oh, Andrea. I was like, whoops. So, I mean, you can attempt to drive the boat. Um, but like you won't get very far and then you have to change back into the car and oh, get or the, plane. the water. But yeah. uh, it was cool because then she and I both became, uh, changed into boats and then tried to meet up with each other. And we kind of just like zoomed past each other in the water. <laughs> yeah. But they added this really neat replay feature where you can like pause and then rewind and watch it like you're rewinding a video and go back and then you can replay the scene and watch it and do like these cool cinematic uh, moments with it, which is like a really fun feature, especially so smart to do something like that and then integrate like social media sharing mm-hmm. to be like, oh, my God, look at I, I fell from the sky as a boat, you know, and like <laughs> clip it out and post it on Twitter. Like they did a really excellent job with that game. And I think a lot of people aren't going to try it because they're like, eh, racing games. Well, I'm really curious to see how the lore of the crew uh, uh, explains being able to change the vehicle you're in at whim. You oh, know what? It doesn't like, need What to. is the lore reason it's for a video being able game. to become a boat whenever you want? Because <laughs> don't, don't like having they said fun. the crew was like, was like a more realistic feeling driving game. So surprise i'm interested to see if they have like a very a very detailed explanation for like surprise boat well i will say when when you use the word realistic i want to be clear this is not a simulation game whatsoever this is 100 percent arcade because when we were driving brit and i um (laughs) did a couple different races The one time when we did the dirt bike race, we both almost threw up. We were like, got really dizzy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I can't remember the one race that we did with the cars with the giant wheels and everything. Um, we played bumper cars a little bit, and it was fun. Um, there was, like, no car destruction, really. So, mm, no. Yeah, so I was talking to, gosh, do you remember who he was, Andrea? The guy um, who was kind of coaching us through our demo. I cannot remember. I don't know. I don't know if it was a creative I don't remember director. his name. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so I was curious because this is totally not my kind of game. So I'm like, okay, so you have this cool rewind feature. You have all these cinematic things like 
why and he said that like you like andrea was mentioning earlier that players spend dozens of hours creating like movies and short films and using all of this and like uploading it for all their friends and they have like competitions and i thought that was really interesting and so it's this big open world map uh we were in the united states in the united states we were were we on the east coast i know there's like we were in new york new york okay and it's huge and there's little um what are they called? Like mini games that you can do throughout the map. Like you can try to like fly through hoops if you're on the airplane or if you like land as a boat, you can try to like make jumps. And so you can essentially just grab friends and be like, hey, let's explore and let's try to beat each other's top scores and leaderboards and that sort of thing. And what was really, really impressive, um, if you guys played the original game, you know, you could zoom out of the map and then zoom in to a different part of the United States. And it's a pretty accurate geographical representation of that section of the country. And they did that this time, but like the amount of detail in the zoom. So like, let's say I'm in the car and then I want to zoom out of the map. I just hit the the map button and then I hold like the trigger and it starts to zoom out and I can like see the city and I can kind of like fly with the camera through the city or I can zoom out a little bit more and just see the entire area around New York or I can zoom out even more and then see like all of New England and then you can just zoom the camera down and then zoom back in and it seamlessly goes right back down to street level. That's mm. too intense. In the other area of the map. And it was, I watched it, I was like, this is incredible. This is like a visual feat that I have not seen. And it was, and I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be so. a good game if you want to just lose yourself in a world. If, and if like you like realistic cities and all that sorts of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just go in there and drive around. Um, Yay. <laughs> if you like realistic cities. <laughs> well, I say that. And again, I'm exhausted. But like for me, like I can't play games like watch. I can, but like Watch Dogs and Grand Theft Auto because the, the setting is too realistic for me. So I don't like lose myself in those settings. But a lot of people do. So there you go. If it was from like this one, though, the hmm. pedestrians are unkillable. Right. You can't kill the pedestrians. Oh, man. They like dive bomb out of the way. No, yeah, like, it's, it's not that kind of game. I yeah. know. But I was like, just try. I want to see like how like if you pin Steimer them up against being, the like, wall. Kill somebody. Run well, somebody. Steimer and I are on the same page how, here. How have they programmed them to stay alive? I want to know. I guess they like jump over your car. I'm like, all right. It's pretty cool. Got some <laughs> acrobats in the city. <laughs> So that game is coming out in March next year. So they still have a little a little ways to go. Um, Steimer. Yeah. You and I played some Assassin's Creed. We did. We did indeed. I watched you play. Yeah. Yes. Assassin's Creed Origins coming out in like what? Like eight weeks? Yeah. October <laughs> Six weeks something. October 27th, I believe. Let me look. I didn't did get you- to tell this story on the panel, but Brittany made me a horrible person what? I don't even, know, do? I don't even know if you, you were Brittany? paying attention Andrea at this point I think you were doing your own thing Oh, you you made me kill civilians and try to poison them okay so <laughs> oh no I remember <laughs> so in your skill tree there is a skill you can unlock that allows you to set out poison and then it infects those around them and they start coughing and then do you have to infect a corpse Yes. Okay, so you infect a corpse, and then people come around, and then they start coughing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can you massacre an entire city this way? Can you kill a civilian, infect them, and just throw them in the middle of the town, and the whole town falls? You cannot. I was curious. <laughs> I know, but huh. you're, and I was like, that's she really like, mean, Brittany. How far can this destruction go? Yeah. I'm going to do it. And we did it. And no, you cannot infect. The only people you can infect are dead soldiers, so... 
we just dumped their Seems bodies, legit. the civilian bodies, into the water and sacrificed <laughs> them to the crocodile gods. <laughs> yeah, um, we did. I hadn't spent really a lot of time at all with Assassin's Creed Origins before this demo. And um, I am a longtime Assassin's Creed fan. I've played every single Assassin's Creed game. And you guys can't see it right now, but I have Assassin's Creed statues all in the studio here. And I've, um, I've really, really just liked the franchise. But for some reason, this game just wasn't speaking to me. I know that they took a year off. And the game looks great. We played it in 4K on an Xbox One X, and man, did that sell me on Xbox One X, which is the conversation for later in the show. But um, I did really turn around my opinion quite a bit once I got the chance to play. I think I'm still kind of like on the fence about Bayek as a character. I think I'm just a little bit like, okay, I need to learn more about who this guy is. Because in the demo that I played, he didn't seem to have very much personality. I think the reason why I fell in love with Ezio so much, because he just, he had this like charm about him, even though he was very like murdery. Like Nathan Drake. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like he he still had this kind of like allure to him in a very whimsical way he he was kind of romantic in a sense almost you know and He's that's why i think i really liked him as a character it's very dashing and like bayek so far from what i've seen i played about an hour i was just like eh, i don't know and like i i'm fully admitting it's a very small slice of what's probably like a 50 to 75 hour game right um so i need to see a little bit more i will say the environments were very detail rich the art direction is exquisitely done i have known from my previous uh, times covering the studios across ubisoft that work on assassin's creed from many different parts of the world that they take their job very seriously when it comes to the art direction of these games and it shows Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the detail uh down to like the the pottery that's on the merchant's table that you're running by the plants that are in the water as you're swimming through it and how they're also such an accurate representation of that part of Egypt. And it's just, um, it's really impressive to see just how much detail they've put into the world. I I remember when Unity came out and we were doing a demo running through some of these houses in Paris and I was just like, it blew my mind just down to like the smallest little thing inside these places where p- most players aren't even going to stop to look at, you know, that some artist had to draw that and paint it and then put lighting effects on it, right? Like the um, sheer amount of work that went into really making this world feel authentic and immersive. And so I, I if nothing else, like hats off to the teams at Ubisoft for creating a very beautiful game to just mm. be in. But um, I got to ride a camel, so that was pretty cool. I'm sold. No, you <laughs> rode the horse. I rode the camel. I Excuse or me. Did you, did you switch? I also rode the camel you because I diversified camels. my mount experience. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I, I rode both I, of them, Stimer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I only rode the camel. <laughs> I remember you being like, I don't want to ride a camel. I've got this pretty horse. And I was like, no it's way, It's because camel. you were sassing me about my horse. You're like, eh, you should ride the camel. And then Andy, one of the guys who works at Ubisoft, was like, mm. well, the camel is more region appropriate. And I was like, fine, Andy, I'll ride the camel. Yeah. But I think it was interesting how you were saying you weren't as excited about this one being an Assassin's Creed fan. Whereas I have not really played an Assassin's Creed since 
the first one. And I'm like excited about the original about this one. Assassin's Creed. The OG. I've played like a few, like an hour or two of Assassin's, the like Ezio ones. Never really grabbed me. Um, and I've been having fun with the demos that I've been playing for for Origins. So at E3, I think I had more fun though at the E3 one, and that's be- because they've switched up the controls so much for this one that it was really difficult for me to get the combat down right whereas i felt like i had a really good grasp of it at e3 and i was like okay i'm doing well here like i can act me you know play this game when it comes out and then they completely switched some of the buttons uh so instead of hitting people with x you got him with the right bumper which i don't want to do that's not how my brain is programmed anymore. i don't want to do it this to, way i have to imagine that they're going to allow for multiple controller layouts they have in the past so i don't know why they wouldn't, but I agree. It was a really odd choice to to map the heavy and light attacks to the right bumper and the right trigger instead of, you know, the square and triangle or X and Y buttons. Yeah, um, it was weird. I don't know why they did that, but um, they did that. So <laughs> yeah, they did that, and it was a little. Diff- it took me a while to like get a handle on the combat because of that. But they had some fun things in there, like we just mentioned, poisoning people, letting the other guards come get also poisoned. Uh, eventually, we'll get animal friends. We've talked about that on the panel. I won't go into too much about that. Hippos. Go into that version. And then um, also, like, some new weapons. So, I don't... Was there a heavy weapon like a mace before? I don't know. I'm not an Assassin's Creed person. So, Andrea, you'll have yes, to answer that. there were. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, so a vari- pl- there's always been a variety of weapons from, like, smaller, faster weapons to, like, the more heavier, slow-moving weapons. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I played around with the mace for a little bit. That was too slow. Ended up being too slow for me. And I ended up with like the two stabbies, the two stabby knives. Nice. I did. They were, uh, they're called something. They've got like a special name, but yeah, I don't they're know. The scimitars? They're the two stabbies. Yeah. The two stab. Yes. I think you're right, Andrea. But I also, <laughs> also Alexa, the two stabbies. The twin stabbies. <laughs> I'm really excited uh, for Origins. I think this is one of the first Assassin's Creed games that I've been like legitimately excited for. I had so much fun watching Steimer play. It was such a beautiful game, like Andrea was saying, for all the same reasons. So something I sensed from watching Steimer play was that and maybe this concern is invalid, but I felt like with all the other Assassin's Creed games, I couldn't even breathe without a Templar like jumping down my ass and be like, oh, you're evil. You're bad. I, you know, I couldn't do anything, but I feel like you could actually like walk around in this game and not get yelled at for breathing. <laughs> no, I totally agree, Britt. That's one of the reasons why I stopped playing too, because it just over policed you. Yeah. And, and the I last was... time you, you made that statement, Brittany, it was a Templar jumping Jumping on your balls, and now it's a Templar <laughs> jumping down your ass. And I just, wanna, just wanted to put that <laughs> Yeah, I think I forgot about that. <laughs> it's true, it happens. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I love you. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No. I, was, I was just jumping. How does it get down your ass? I just throw the throat. Whatever, I'm no, I don't know. Mysterious Yay. ways. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, um, it looks great. I'm excited to play more. Um, I'm a little bummed that it's coming out two weeks after the next game I want to talk about, which is, is it Middle Earth Shadow of War? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, Simon and I played this. We got, like, a solid, like, hour and change to play this at PAX West. And we played this also on an Xbox One X, and it looked gorgeous. 
Um, I did have my Xbox One X overheat twice during my demo. Ooh, twice. 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 Uh, But we'll talk about that when I talk about my Xbox One X thoughts and concerns a little bit later. Uh, I just want to focus on the software right now because uh, Monolith and Warner Brothers didn't make the Xbox One X, but they made a beautiful (laughs) looking game that's so much fun to play. So, Steimer, Mm -hmm. did you play Shadow of Mordor? Yes, Did it I was. Play you, it. it was like your game of the year or something, right? I, you 100%ed I 100%ed it. I 100%ed it. Amazing. And that means I did all the dumb challenges that I don't normally do in video games. But I just wanted to, something to do, so I did them in the game. Yeah, so, uh, Brittany, have you gotten to play this yet? Yeah, I think, Alexa, E3, you and I got to play Shadow of War. We did play at E3. For like okay. an hour, 45 minutes or so? Something yes. like that. It was a good chunk of time. Yes. I liked it, was, it a lot. Yes. It was the mission in the forest with the creepy talking lady who I guess we learn in the demo for PAX. There are two. There's the Balrog fight and then there's the tree lady, right? I didn't do any story content. Okay. When I, I did, in my I demo. did the fight. Yeah. So um, Steimer did a mission uh, where she did the Balrog fight, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And I did a fort assault. Ah. So what I, so I did what's really part of like the open world sandbox experience where the nemesis system is back and it's bigger and better than ever. And if you guys didn't play the first game, the nemesis system essentially is this really fantastic, innovative system that Monolith created where the enemies in the world remember you and they remember your interaction with them. If you fought them and you lost, they're going to remember that. They're going to remember how the battle went. Um, if you beat them and let them live, you know, they're going to remember that. And what's really neat about it is it really makes for a unique one-of-a-kind experience and i was playing with bob uh one of the guys who works at monolith and bob roberts uh that's correct he's so great hi bob he's very great and um he was this it, it was just so fun having him there with me because he things kept happening with my demo and he was like okay i guess that's happening now because the way they've designed it is you never know when let's say you're going up against a, a single you know bodyguard for a war chief and then another you know, other war chief just stumbles onto your fight and now you have to fight two of them at the same time. Or maybe, you know, a Drake comes around, not me, but a dragon. Um, <laughs> thank you for saying Drake and not dragon. Well, they're called Drakes in the game. They are. Yeah. From one Tolkien lore hound to another, I just have to, I appreciate that so of much. Of course. Continue. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, it's so great that they have built all of this fun sandboxy stuff into the world where you can lose yourself in, in the immersion of this environment. And um, it's so fun. And I really like how they've changed the skill tree to add some really high level combat items. Um, so when Bob and I were talking through it, he, he was like, you know, there's some, he showed me some stuff kind of deep in the skill tree, which was great. He kind of, you know, they had kind of unlocked a bunch of stuff and given us a bunch of points to spend however we wanted to test it out. And there's like a ability where you can, uh, when you, uh, dodge roll over people, you can freeze them in place and jump off of them. And then there's a, you can chain that with another ability where you can pull your arrow, um, back in your quiver and no, no pull your arrow back in your bow. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of slows down time and lets you aim. And it's just like, if you feel so powerful, you know, as, as Talion and it's just, I just love that game so much and I'm so excited for it. And 
I hadn't really gotten a chance to spend any hands-on time with it. I'd been watching the previews and the the trailers and everything that's been coming out. And um, it just, like, everything, it takes everything you loved about the first game and just gives you so much more to do. So um, I'd been talking a lot. Uh, Timer, <laughs> what did you think about your playtime? Um, I kept, pl- like, it was one of those things where I kept looking at him and being like, do I have to leave? And he, he would look around and be <laughs> I like... I know, they had to kick us out. No, but and he'd be like, no, just keep playing. And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> so, like, so he did that a few times, and then eventually it was like, okay, now you gotta go. Like, <laughs> been here for a really long time. Um, but I was just kind of... After doing the story mission, I just ran around and, like, saw the sights, essentially. Got on... A the cow- sights of Mordor. Yeah, got on a Calrog, rode around. Um, and I had the thing happen where, like, two two bros came at me and I was like, uh-oh, run away, killed one, or got one of them down to dominate, made him come onto my side. We fought the third guy, killed him. <laughs> then the other guy... I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Okay, get your minds out of the gutter. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We I know started this show by talking about nude mods. It's down yeah. there. Nude True. mods. True. Mordor dominatrixes. Then he betrayed me and started to attack me again. And I was like, motherfucker, really? And so uh, I tried to kill him, but I missed the button prompt. And then he ran away and I never saw him again. Uh, I imagine imagine that I would have if I had kept playing the game, uh, run into him at some point and then finally murdered him. But... (laughs) I didn't get that opportunity, <laughs> but he was the guy I was playing with. I'm so sorry. I forget your name, sir. But uh, it was like, I haven't seen that happen yet. That's cool. I'm like, Yes, I would be the one to be betrayed first. So it's just how it goes. Okay. Um, but I they had a lot again. of like, like, I think I really agree with what you said, Andrea. Like it feels like more like Shadow of Mortar, but better. And so like this was a game where the opposite of Assassin's Creed, I immediately picked it up and felt at home. I knew how to do everything, but that being said, there were still new, like, surprise and delight moments along the way. Um, and I need to go back and just, like, briefly touch on Shadow of Mortar because I don't remember it being as acrobatic. Like, but I, maybe I just forgot. Um, but for instance, like, I feel like I can clear across much larger gaps with, like, the double jump you get with you the ring. You can. Yeah. Um, it, you can like it gives you a lot more airtime, and you can actually I don't know if you've tried to do it uh, but you can like you can help your like guide yourself down like if you want to do something and then I believe one of the the I this was in my E3 demo you can like aim in the air and shoot so you can kind of do like a Zelda hover yeah, yeah. That's, the, uh, that's the ability yeah. that I unlocked yeah it's pretty great yeah they've got a lot of really fun stuff that just makes it feel really like fluid and fun and like I climbed a tower in like two seconds because you can use the wraith to help you jump really high, and then mm-hmm. or you can, yeah you just like it just feels really good. Um, I didn't get a chance to do the fort assault like Andrea did, so I have no idea what that's like. But I think the the single player stuff was really fun. Yeah, the the, the fort assault was fun because what we did is we went and took out some of the underlings before we did it. Because clearly, I mean, you can. What's cool about it is like he was like you could just go straight. To the fort, kind of like you can go straight to Ganon in Zelda if you want to, um, but like you probably shouldn't because uh, you might not die. Win. Um, but you can. Uh, but so we spent some time taking out a couple of the smaller 
uh, connected towers to the main uh, fort to help me in the fight overall so that I didn't get just get crushed in that fight. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun because I'm the kind of person who likes setting myself up for success so I can already envision that I'm going to spend time taking out every single guy underneath before I get to like the main guy mm-hmm. because somebody always crashes the party. There's always some random war Aye, chief. Right, ya. <laughs> I'm going to poop you so hard you don't know you got booped. Exactly. Boop. <laughs> um, I have a really fun video from, from PAX West about these two amazing cosplayers in full orc garb walking around the convention center and they were very clearly paid by warner brothers (laughs) because a guy with a panavision camera was following them everywhere clearly but um they were awesome but yeah this game i'm hype 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 so pump so excited you get to pick a bodyguard like right now it's the only game that i think can challenge horizon Horizon. for game of the year Mm -hmm. for me yeah i I think so too but i also i like being able to like have a bro with you yeah like, bro if you'll be my bodyguard you orc come <laughs> all right so go ahead brit oh I no like all i was gonna say is i never played mordor it was something i always wanted to play i watched jason play it and i know i would love it will i be able to get around to it before this next one no absolutely no. not but that's no. okay you don't need to have played it in yeah. order to like this game they okay. do a good job recapping the story and that like Oh, yeah. and bobs and I think the That'd part that I would be really sad about is if I miss a lot of like lore and inside joke things that may have happened only if you played Mordor, but that might you just, just have to be something. Me. I'll just call yeah, you. The good, yeah, the good news about about the this game is that even though they have created, you know, some some interesting like branching narratives, for the most part, like it's all stuff that's like deep in Tolkien um text. Yep. So like it's like really like super hardcore nerdy stuff from like the Cimmerillion and, and other <laughs> works from from Tolkien. So um, you won't you won't miss any inside jokes or anything because even somebody like me who's a huge Tolkien fan, like there's a lot of it that goes over my head because I haven't studied him the way that, that like Alexa Ray has, for example. <laughs> I did write my college thesis on The Lord of the Rings. Noted. So, yeah. So-, so don't sweat. Don't sweat that part of it. Okay. Alexa and Andrea might kill me for saying this, but I actually don't really play that game for the story whatsoever. Oh, it's fine. Like the reason no, I why played, would I kill you for that? That's a I don't know because you'd be like, awesome the gameplay is. Like I hundred percent, hundred percent of that game, not because I cared about any of the characters, <laughs> even the one you're playing you're as. Like, Who the fuck is Kilabrimbor? Anyway? <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> Brent's like, wait, what he's the he man that lives inside me. That's all I know. <laughs> that's what she said i mean i guess technically um okay um i didn't want to make this whole segment about uh shadow of war uh alexa you played a bunch of stuff at PAX. i did are you ready for jrpg power hour because it's yes. yes how about let's Hit do me. one and then we'll break and then we'll come back and do more i will talk about one short one and then i'll save the other two for the second half so I'm not going to talk about Monster of the Deep Final Fantasy 15 because I talked about it on the panel. And that's a great story to, to hear. Um, but uh, I did play the PC version of Final Fantasy 15 for a very brief time. And the, 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 the big difference with the PC version, in addition to being able to see pores really clearly, uh, it, it, chugs, <laughs> it looks beautiful, but it's chugging. Like it chugged a little bit when I was playing. Um, and we were on like a really high-end PC. Um, the game will ship with all of the DLC, all of the add-ons, all the free updates, everything that's been released for Final Fantasy 15 so far will be in that one package. But the thing 
<laughs> that the Steam version has that the console versions don't have is a first person mode. Mm. And first person mode in Final Fantasy 15 is nauseating. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, it's not where I thought you were going. Do you think that that's a frame rate issue? It might have been a it might have been a frame rate issue. So I I I started and you can toggle you can toggle it on and off as you're playing. So I was like, oh, first person mode, let's go. You play as Noctis. You are Noctis. You have his hands. You go. You are Noctis. Um, and running around the countryside is like actually pretty nice. You can turn as you're running. I, I played in the Duskai region, so I was near Hammerhead with Cindy and then all my buddies and we went to Wiz Chocobo post and I'm running along the plains with my friends and you can turn and like Ignis is here chatting with you or you can turn and Prompto will tap your shoulder and be like, Hey man, Chocobos. Bleh. And it's really nice being in, you know, first person looking at stuff and then you get to combat and the combat combat in first person is always like, like it's not, I don't want to say it's, not difficult to design a game with first-person combat because the thing about first-person combat is you have to always think about well how close like for the human brain how close is this person going to be to you when you're stabbing them or punching them or whatever and a lot of games do the first-person combat thing exceedingly well final fantasy 15 i have no idea what's going on so (laughs) i was fighting (laughs) i i I was fighting a garula which are those furry little like heffalump things that wander along the uh the grassways in most areas in final fantasy 15 and they're small and they're fluffy and they would be about the babies that that i'm fighting i'm fighting the children are about this big (laughs) like like this 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 big if you wanted to like fight them in real life and the big ones are much bigger maybe like a, a little bit bigger than like a hippo and i started fighting one in first person and the camera was just like it was so close to the thing I was fighting, I had to imagine that it was here and I was like hitting it here. Like the fur was in my face and I couldn't really see past it. It was very, very overwhelming. And then the, as it happens in those games, those things swarm. So they all swarmed me and I was like, oh my God, I have to warp strike out of here. So I turned and I aimed at another one far away and Noctis has a warp strike where in the game you just aim and you hit a button and you're gone and it's and it's very fluid in the original game you can zip around uh you can zip to special points to recover so i see a recover point and i'm like i'm just going to zip to this recover point and take a hot second and i warp strike to that recover point and like all like like the blue sparkles form around but they form in like a halo and then they just kind of like dissipate and you just go really really fast it's kind of like playing tracer in overwatch but much more disorienting and Mm. i my stomach went and i was like oh god i don't know how noctis does it because i can't uh (laughs) and it was it was a little a little jarring and i had to toggle out i toggled out and i was like okay went back to fighting normally everything was fine and then decided to just do it again and like talking to people like like it's it's fine everything is as it should be but when you get into combat it's just super duper duper a little dis super actually super duper a little it's very disorienting um and the warp strike made me sick and it sucks because the warp strike is one of the better elements of final fantasy 15's combat hmm. uh so that's happening that's really unfortunate <laughs> yeah hard to hear that uh, it sounds okay. like the camera's zoomed in too close and it, so like you can't get perspective on what's going on yeah i can't like you can't fix how close you are you're just in first person and then like a thing is in your face and then you go and i thought about this as i was playing the game 
uh, there's a major boss battle at like the halfway point of the game where you fight in you fight literally flying through the air with like water tornadoes the is and, and it's the it's the sorry it's been like a year it's the it's the Levi- leviathan fight you're fighting big snake lady and you get really close you fight, you go in and you pull back you go in and you pull back the fight is all about the distance between you and this giant creature and closing it at the right moment in the right area and then getting away as fast as you can and utilizing your environment and whatever. Um, and you're surrounded by sp- your spinning swords. So there's that visual element as well. And I can, and I thought about battles like that and about the Titan battle, which is super disorienting. Even when you're playing it, Brittany's nodding her head. Even mm-hmm. when you're playing it just normally, it's very disorienting. Cause like the, the objective doesn't pop up till like halfway through and you have to cut off his arm and the point you have to hit is very small. And I can't imagine playing any of those boss battles in first person. I would, I would just like dissolve into a puddle of vomit. Like, I don't know that I would be able to do that. So we'll see how, like if they fix it, if people like, if they play test it, it doesn't work out or if it goes out there and as it's in the wild, the benefit of it being on steam is they can patch it, patch it, patch it, patch it like as much as they want. Um, So, so we'll see. Would you recommend playing it first person for everything but combat? Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice when you're like having a conversation with like Cindy or like with prompto to be like, Hey, what's up, buddy? And like talking to them and you can get really close to things. Um, but the one thing I didn't get to try and I wish I did was the camp because I was wondering uh. if I could eat first person food. Oh. Um, but I didn't. Uh, but the chocobos are really nice to like get around. Like it's fun to like just wander. Um, but the, the first person mode is a little disorienting. Mm. Well to done. be continued. <laughs> uh, did either of you play the PC version of Final Fantasy? No. Okay, so I guess we'll have to take a look at this um, when it comes out. When is when is it releasing? Uh, it's supposed to come out at some point this fall, early next year. Because pocket version is coming out. The, the pocket version <laughs> is coming out in a couple months, and it will drop. All the episodes will drop at once. So I believe this is early 2018. Yes, in 2018 is what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. They are well, saying that's vague. Very vague. <laughs> That's surprising, yeah. though. Uh, making games is hard. Uh, yep. I hope they fix that because that sounds like a bummer town. Right. I, I had better JRPG experiences, which I will talk about after our break. Wonderful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a very short intermission. Um, please stay with us and we will be right back. This episode of the What's Good Games podcast is brought to you by TakeThis.org. Hey, listen. Everyone struggles to feel good sometimes. Feeling depressed after a breakup or anxious about a job interview is part of life. And for some people, those feelings never really go away or they get worse over time. If that sounds like you or someone you know, you're not alone. And there's help at TakeThis.org. Our friends at Take This have collected advice and articles from mental health workers and other people who've been there. From advice on how to find a therapist to when to know it's time to get help. TakeThis.org is a treasure trove of information about your brain and what to do when it hurts. Take This has been working to bring the mental health care community and the video game community together since 2012. If you or someone you love could use some perspective, visit them at TakeThis.org. And if you have the resources to donate or volunteer, TakeThis.org is where you do that, too. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. 
right, and we're back with segment three. And I have to say, the discussion during the break <laughs> turned very interesting. Um, I we, it started off with talking about seeing people in cup noodle, cup of noodle is cup o noodle, cup noodle, cup noodle, cup noodle cosplay cup noodle at hats. Pax West. And then it started talking about it being in Final Fantasy, it and is. you were saying something else about Cup Noodle. The Cup Noodle. So the there's an item in the game that's like a Cup Noodle hat, and we were talking about 15. Uh, I was playing the PC version, and I was driving behind a Cup Noodle van in my demo. Uh, and we were talking about how Cup Noodle had like sponsored the game. And how Cup Noodle is like all over the game, and how like Gladio like has a super boner for Cup Noodles. He does. So you go on an entire quest where you like gather these ingredients so he can have this perfect Cup Noodle. And I believe it was during one of those quests that it bugged on me, and the enemy that I needed to destroy, I think it was for the protein, uh, yep. it bugged. Yeah. And so it bugged. And so I spent like two hours trying to unbug it so I could get Gladio his goddamn Cup Noodle. Man, guys, I just fucking love Cup Noodle. Cup noodle. Yeah, I think think it's funny you build him one because that's what you do in the Cup Noodle Museum. Plug. Uh, Sponsor. No, they they don't sponsor. They don't sponsor. I can't eat it because I'm on a juice cleanse. I can't eat anything. I haven't had one of those in years. I think they're pretty good, especially when you're drunk. Sodium because they have like 2000 milligrams of sodium. Oh, yeah. You wake up bloated as fuck, but it's so worth it. They're the best. Yeah, I love them very much. You so know, I've never thought I would of rather them into a gourmet meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say I'd rather just have real ramen, but sure. Yeah, but getting real ramen is impossible in a lot of places in this country. That like, is true. Not here, hundred like, really percent impossible. Hundred percent. Where I grew up in North Dakota, there's no ramen. There's mm. no ramen joints at all. Let's I mean, go get ramen this get weekend. Ramen. We should get ra- build our perfect cup noodle as a segment at some point. Okay, done. That's Sweet. the next secret segment. We, while wearing cup noodle hats. Okay. Well, that, that's like work to make, though. Yeah. Not if we get Square Enix to send us some, because they've got to have some promotional items somewhere. Speaking of ramen, I played other Japanese games. Yeah. Oh. Bad segue is bad. That was good. Um, Brittany, you talk, I'm going to talk about two in particular. I'm not going to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors, which a lot of you were asking me about. I did play it, but I'm getting code pretty soon and i will talk about the finished game when i finish it because i have too much to say about it um so Brittany, you played about 15 minutes of lost sphere i did s-p-h-e-a-r i did lost sphere e-a-r it's spelt s-p-h-e-a-r that's weird yeah it it throws me off a little bit so this game is the second game so square enix a couple years ago uh founded a subsidiary studio specifically for the purpose of making RPGs that harkened back to the 1990s classic era of uh, JRPGs. The studio's name is literally Tokyo RPG Factory. This is true. It is a studio that pumps out an RPG every other year, and it is in Tokyo. Tokyo RPG Factory. And the head of the studio is Atsushi Hashimoto, who's worked on a bunch of Square titles in the packs, and he's like this very jolly, happy, dreamy guy. Um, and I uh, played Lost Sphere with him, actually. Uh, Lost Sphere is the second title from Tokyo RPG Factory. I am Setsuna being the first. And it is a... It 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 is a kind of like top down e ish like it's framed in three quarters so you're looking down on the world and looking down on the characters running around through the world the character designs are 
are minimalist in the sense that like if you've played like Chrono Trigger or like or like uh um like Final not Final Fantasy six because I was like sprites and shit. But like f- like Final Fantasy seven, like you look at the people <laughs> in the polygons and it's like Cloud's wearing a purple jumpsuit and and she's in a uh white booby top. Like you can just like, tell the art's very intricate, but in the game it's minimalist from the top down. And uh you play in in a world, you play as uh, a young boy named Kanata and his ragtag band of friends, as always. And the uh the world is disappearing and the game starts with this crazy myth that like every like the earth keeps getting or the world keeps getting destroyed and reborn um and it is reborn by the memories of the people of that previous version of the world so parts of the world are turning white and disappearing and you as Kanata hold the key to restoring these parts of the world. And these memories, you restore them with memories. And the memories are little rocks called Sprite Night. And you have to go around the world and find out, one, why the world is disappearing. And two, use these little rocks to um, bring parts of the world back into existence. And that's like your quest line. Um, and and it's – Brittany, what did you think? Because you played – I only played like 15 minutes of it. I got my first, I don't remember any of the names. Um, I got my first companion, which was the cute girl. I think she had Lock. pigtails. Oh, no, uh, Lumina. Lumina. Um, and it looked pretty. It gives me that old, like, nostalgic, oh, I'm playing an old RPG from the 90s, just like I am Setsuna did. Uh, but that is honestly as much as I can say, because, you know, these games take a while to unwind right. a bit. Is right. it? Coming to the Switch? Yes, <laughs> it is. Yes, I actually good. played it. I played it on Switch. Oh, okay, I played cool. it on. I played it on PlayStation Four, and I played it on Switch. Um, and I actually really liked it better um, on Switch uh, hmm. because I could like it. It just like it. It, it felt better for um, me. Like JRPGs, for whatever reason, I prefer them on a handheld. On a handheld, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, this is it. The maybe low grade graphics most of them have. It's not. No, it's, this one isn't isn't low grade. It's very pretty. I'm not trying to like throw shade. They just most of them don't invest heavily in making them look really beautiful. I don't think that that's the old. I ones. think sprite art can be extremely beautiful. Oh, I would 100 percent agree. But there's a lot of sprite art that's not like well, really well yeah. done in JRPG. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> both of the JRPGs I'm going to talk about, I played on the Switch, and they're both vastly different. Um, Lost Sphere. Uh, so Lost Fear, a lot of people complained in I Am Setsuna because, so it's a turn-based battle system. You wait for a gauge to fill up and, and that's, that character's turn to attack. Um, so it's an active time. It's not turn-based. It's active time battle. I screwed up. It's active time battle, but it's still like, you have to wait, like your turn. Is it like Child of Light? Um, yes. Like Child of Light, except this time you can actually move your character around the battlefield so let's say it's like Lumina's turn and she's a brawler. So she has to get close up to the enemies. And if you have three enemies up here and she can't reach them from where she is, you can move her to close in. Um, and all of them have a little like attack radius so she can punch one or another guy has a little bit bigger of a weapon so he can hit two. And the enemies will move around the battlefield as well and they'll knock you back or you'll knock them back. So, back. so you're actually moving around your battlefield, um, which I really appreciate because having to like stay in one thing, stay in one spot while your enemy can freely move around was really agitating and I am Setsuna. Um, the other big combat thing uh, like game looks pretty regardless, but the other big combat thing that like I'm really confused about that I don't know how it fits in. I'm sure the story explains it. You have like mech suits because Ooh. okay, 
because mech I'm okay suits with because and yeah. if you have these mech suits you can like wear them uh you can like summon them on and then you can wear them for a certain amount of time and then the gauge runs out if you've worn them too long and then they has to recharge um, so it's like but- titan fog <laughs> get your armor and then it goes away <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, not really and good. you can, and your attacks are more powerful. Um, and some of the larger like bosses and enemies definitely need that extra punch with the suit. They're called Volko suits. Ooh. Um, and they just like, they're just really heavy armor with like up and they temporarily up your stats. So it's like a little mini transformation. I don't know how they fit into the story yet. I'm sure we'll find that out, but it looks really beautiful. Um, I love the combat. I love that you can move. Um, I love the idea uh, I'm a Kingdom Hearts nerd, so I love the idea of, like, memory and loss and stuff like that as being, like, the central idea. Uh, and it's on Switch, and that's coming in January, too. It's coming out really nice. soon. If you call January soon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that soon was enough. Fear. And then the other game I played, and I don't know if any of you have touched this game at all, I played Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Ooh, I want to hear about it. Tell me. Huh. I have seen others. I've seen people play them. Mm-hmm. I watched Colin play them. Yeah. <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is like I'm digging through my brain trying to like come up with a order that makes sense to explain all the different mechanics um and I can't that game is it it looks great it's on the switch again it's on the switch and I played it handheld and I watched it on the tv and the environments are big and beautiful and lush and I was in this like weird cavern with this like purple and blue glow and it was misting and there were like I was running with my well, with my companions, and like my my the girl running next to me had these like tails on her cape that like wafted in the wind. When she stopped, they kept going, and like the wind and my hair, and it was and like the enemies are like really creepy, and like everyone moves really like beautifully. Like it's a very beautifully designed game, uh, and I was just like running around in this cavern, admiring it. And then the HUD popped up. And that was the end of that. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. The HUD is so cluttered. And, like, I'm all for having multiple systems you have to keep track of when you're fighting. I like, you know, games like the Tales of series where you have, like, your main attacks and then, like, your special attacks and then your special special attacks and then your ultimate and then your group ultimate and then your sub ultimate or whatever. Um, but the HUD, That's too it was many. literally, like, there was something on the top. It was like battle and it was like a like a, a gauge. And then there was another gauge over here that was your group super. And then there was all the people in your party and their health listed over here. So there's three people in your party. So them and all their health and then their individual super gauges. And then down here you had um, four like sort of looks looked like the controller scheme, four circles that show the three companions fighting against your companion fighting with your companions. So each companion gets a blade which is a second companion that they equip for extra power. The blade is like a human weapon. So there's those three, and you can toggle between which one you control or which one you have. You can change the one you have. And then oh, and then the bottom, there was something else on the bottom. I wasn't even looking at it. I was so overwhelmed. And then there was another stack over here of, of, uh, of gauges and words and just everything. And then popping up on the screen as you fought these enemies was like, what like what uh, the status effect was of the enemy. If it was burning, it was a fire, if it was electrified, you know, whatever the enemy, uh, the enemy bar. And then all of the like plus five combo plus two combo, like the numbers that you're hitting it, how much damage you're doing it numbers flying. So it's words, 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 numbers flying everywhere. And I was like, what am I looking at? It's so part of what 
turned me off from Xenoblade Chronicles Cross was the fact that, like, I loved Xenoblade Chronicles 1. It was very sad and very great. But the, what turned me off from Cross is there was too much going on on the screen, not in terms of actual action, but in terms of all of the things I had to remember to keep track of. And God bless the, the guy from Nintendo um, demoing this to me because he was like, all right, and here's your, this is your your ultimate. Oh, and, oh, and you, you toppled him. So now you can use a blade attack. Oh, no, your arts are, now you can combat your summon your arts to to hit him in the butt i don't know like I, <laughs> in the butt. it was it was arts too farts. it was too much it went beyond like the idea of like i have a weapon this is how i'm using it here's my here my weapon and my magic here's my special attack here are the different elements or uh, statuses mm-hmm. i can inflict on an enemy here are the different statuses and elements that can affect me boom go it was too much going on at once That's... especially when you have companions and then the companions to your companions to keep track of and then the weapons, Steimer's yawning ex- exactly how I feel about what's going on here. No, I Sorry. like glazed over like I know. a solid five minutes I, Meanwhile, ago. I'm like I super love. into this. I'm like, I oh my God. Love. I love, you know what? It looks beautiful. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it and I'm going to be bad at it probably. I love complicated JRPGs. I love the systems. I love that stuff. I love getting into it and keeping all that shit to remember. But the HUD and, they were, and the guy was like, keep in mind, this is like 15 hours in the game. And I was like, so you're just starting. <laughs> right because <laughs> it's a jrpg so this is like one day of work here um and it was too much and i'm really excited for that game it's coming out at some point this fall it's going to be out before the end of the year they haven't announced a release date but it was just so is it really coming out this fall? i don't i don't know um but it it looks fantastic and the combat the guy was like flipping through everything and it was like amazing and beautiful and seamless and wonderful and then when he went right out of combat and then decided to run up a hill into the major city no load times no nothing everything was there as you were running like it looks beautiful technology has it looks great on the switch uh huh. too much stuff going on the hud that hud is really terrifying and i don't like numbers so we'll so see. is is the hud necessary though like is it um, necessary as it is Based on all of the different things you have to keep track of when you're in battle, your attacks and your enemies' attacks and your companions' attacks and your companions' companions' attacks. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh, I would be very terrified to turn that HUD off. Like, it's not like (laughs) Breath of the Wild where it's like, all right, I kind of figure out, I kind of know what's going on here. I can turn everything off and go. Um, I can't imagine turning that HUD off. It literally bordered the screen. It was like a frame. (laughs) I'm going to have to find a picture of this. But to me, that's like, that's still bad UI design. Yeah. Good UI design. Yeah, yeah, like you you can have a lot of information on a screen um, presented to a player without it being a bunch of ugly-ass bars. Right. Um, they were the all gray. Is, yeah. All of it was gray. Exactly. Oh, God. Do you think awful. that that's final menu art, or do you think that it's in progress? Because there's a lot of times when we'll play games, and if we're capturing, the dev team prohibits us from showing the showing menus the because menus. they're not final yeah, the uh, HUD's usually one of the last things that gets polished up. But if she says it's coming out this fall... I've seen footage... I've th- this, this is the same demo that was at Gamescom. I've seen footage of that those demos. And that HUD... Like, that's the HUD. I'm and looking at a picture out, of the HUD. And uh, Are you looking at it? I'm looking at a picture of the HUD, and that is intense. It's, it's, it's intense. Like, yeah. Again, it's kind of what turned me off from Cross, because Cross had a lot of systems. Because in addition to your normal JRPG bullshit, you had the mechs. And the mechs had their whole own different thing. So we will see. It looks really great. Uh, I'm going to play it because I have to. It's on brand. 
It is on and brand. I'm, and I am interested in it. Um, so we will see if it's something that maybe I get used to, like getting dropped in 15 hours is incomprehensible, or if it's something that like I'm, you know, maybe I'll get used to it, maybe I won't. That's cross. I know. I'm I'm looking for two and I can't find it. Andrea is looking at a I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the a picture of this HUD. Britt, why don't you just send it to us? I will do that. I won't I won't be able I to look at it. it I, you can look at it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, it's cray. It's cray. Okay. Um I wanted to talk for a second about Xbox One X. So we played, I played finally for the first time two different demos on the Xbox One X at PAX West. I have spoken about that console on this show, on Kind of Funny Games Daily, on some other shows about how I am, I want Xbox to have a win with this console. And we have talked about how their pre orders have done exceedingly well, that they have great numbers so far people fans of xbox are really interested and i still am was really hesitant because i was like i don't know 500 dollars is a lot of money for another console that just does 4k after playing a game that i love in 4k i maybe be looking at buying a 4k tv specifically to play with an xbox one x that may be a thing that's happening right now. Um, My question is, though, why is it different than the PS4 Pro, which can also play 4K? Because the PS4 Pro, I believe, isn't isn't true 4K. It's like oh, it's just 4K. Uh. And I need to get that clarified. And I know someone mm. I can ask about that. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, is like I had never really found a game that I felt compelled to play in 4k like i i played horizon zero dawn on ps4 pro on our 1080p like we have a really high-end television but it doesn't do 4k but i think it can do hdr i mean and some people want to argue that hdr is technically a better visual experience than 4k that that's the more important technical thing you need to be talking All I about or letters i don't understand um, <laughs> um hdr is high dynamic range it really just means like the brightness of the colors the how rich and deep the blacks are how vivid the colors are and um it's okay it's okay don't worry about it basically it just talks about how how you know how almost how inky like the the graphics can look i'll show i'll give you some example i'll show you some visual examples after we're done taping the show um so the reason why i'm excited about this um is because i don't play games on pc Everybody who's listening to the show or watching the show who's a PC gamer is like, well, duh, we, the PC Masterize, have been enjoying this, these beautiful graphics for years. Whatever. Um, and to that, I would say, you know, I just have never chosen to be a PC gamer. It's just not the kind of lifestyle that I want. Like, I love sitting on my couch with my controller, kicking back with my television. And I know that Steam has implemented a bunch of functionality where you can have that experience now, but it's not a traditional PC gaming setup and most pc gamers out there would probably agree with me that they aren't playing on their couch with a controller they're playing with mouse and keyboard at their desk um and that's why i've always been a console gamer but i don't know what it was that spoke to me about these two experiences that made me understand why people are excited i had to see it for myself i had to play it for myself that being said it was a concern of mine 
that during my demo, it overheated twice in 60 minutes. So let me twice in 60 let me minutes. give some context because that's important. So they were the the boxes which are not final retail. Okay. And because they were not final retail, they had to have them um covered. Covered. So they had the boxes not the box itself wasn't covered. It was inside of an entertainment center that had like a little canvas panel over the top of it. Uh, over the front where normally the opening would be where you would be able to go and like insert a disc into your console that had like a a piece of canvas or some kind of fabric over the front of it with branding to essentially hide all of the guts of everything that was inside the entertainment center. The back of the entertainment center was closed. It wasn't open. Okay. Now most entertainment centers have the ability to take that panel off some do not. Some have holes in that panel to allow for ventilation. And then others still are completely open and they're designed open. As somebody who's had maybe three different types of entertainment centers over the last decade, I think that it's problematic that you need to have proper ventilation in order to prevent your console from overheating. Now, some people out there would say that that's kind of technology 101. Like if you're going to have a piece of high-end electronics, you want to make sure to set it up for success, which I would say, yeah, you're not wrong. But Xbox had a terrible problem with overheating with the 360, right? Like the red ring was real. Like it was a yep. really gigantic <laughs> problem for them. And the idea that this might be a thing, like it made me kind of a little, a little worried. I mean, obviously it was a shitty experience for me playing my game and being dropped out of the game. Imagine if I wasn't like at a save point or if I was in the middle of a cutscene or a variety of reasons why you don't want your console just blacking and turning off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I want to say like, Hey, I let's, I don't want to overreact, but I thought it was worth mentioning because this is something that you need to be aware of that this happened. So I hope that this was just like a one-time incident because all of the other consoles in that room were fine. None of the other yeah, I was consoles. Gonna say, counterpoint: Mine was completely fine for, yeah. and I played s- straight for over an hour. Right, well, because I couldn't because my console you shut couldn't, off twice. Right. <laughs> um, I'm saying, yeah, right. Yeah, so. There were like seven Xbox One Xs in that room, and mine was the only one that overheated. But if that happens it was to just be really excited to meet you, <laughs> it happens no. a lot when people meet Andrea. No, no, no. It, it's true. Like you don't want to overreact, but still like, who knows? That could be like a one in seven. I doubt it is. But the fact that you're still overheated and there were seven in there, that's, I mean, it's something worth mentioning. So I'm glad you're bringing it up, but I'm also mm-hmm. glad you're saying that you don't want to overreact because who knows? It could have been a fluke. Although what I'm wondering is what you're saying is it sounds like when it starts to overheat, it turns itself off. Which to me would prevent it from ever red ringing the way that the 360 did. Like, I mean, that's it's not going to brick. Hopefully, hopefully, but still, right? But I, it's I not think a great what I would thing rather either have way. The but console do is instead of just shutting off and saying, "Oops, we got too hot." I would hope that they the the tech team that built this, the hardware team that built this um, console would have maybe thought it worked with software in some way to be like, hey, maybe we can put some kind of a warning system in in place to be like, hey, like have a pop-up notification and say, your hey, console's the fucking temperature hot. of your unit is getting high. If you don't take a break or if you don't get better ventilation, it's going to shut down, right? Like or how just- my MacBook says, oh, we're going to 
we're going to go off if you don't turn a plug us in in the next, you know, you have 10% left. You better mm-hmm. find an outlet. Otherwise, we're just going to turn off. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. that yeah. technology exists. <laughs> so I don't know why that that doesn't that didn't happen with the Xbox One X and, and why that's not in place. And maybe that's something I could reach out to Microsoft about and be like, hey, this happened to me. Are you guys aware of this as an issue? Is this an issue? Have mm-hmm. you seen this before? And and see what they say. I have a, a strong feeling they're going to say no comment. But, you know, I think it's worth asking. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But that being said, I still want to get one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, I, I, the ta- that's the takeaway here, that um, playing Shadow of War and playing Assassin's Creed Origins on the Xbox One X really, to me, demonstrated the thing that none of their first-party games have yet demonstrated to me, which is, hey, this is a piece of software that makes it worth buying this piece of hardware. And that's been my chant every time I talk about this game, every time I talk about the moves that Microsoft is making. I say, none of your first-party lineup is impressing me enough to want to buy this. But I guess the partners have really stepped up and said... Hey, we'll take up that mantle. Play our game on Xbox. Play it wherever you want. We're going to make it look great. And both, um, you know, Warner Brothers and Ubisoft did. I mean, really more monolith, but the game I think fantastic. It's, it's funny because I was, I've always said the same thing. Like, it's not enough. The software is whatever. It's just not worth me buying a 4K TV and a new console. And then I saw how freaking pretty it was. And then I felt like such an, I don't know what the word is. Like, I ate my words because I'm like, oh, it's pretty. I want it. And uh, I'm actually going to be looking to get a 4K TV in the next week or so before I leave for my... It's going to be like mine and Jason's like gift to ourselves. Uh, because it is so pretty. And I, I now I want it too. And I guess that's all it takes is something pretty and shiny. It is pretty tempting. It is so pretty. I mean, if you've yeah. been on the fence, if you haven't upgraded, if you didn't get the Pro, or maybe you're still even in the previous generation, some people still are, maybe you are a PC gamer that wants to get into console gaming. I mean, there are there are reasons. I just don't think that it's a necessity. But if you're mm-hmm. at a point where you're ready to make the jump, I'd say you could make the jump. It real pretty. But it like, again... I, I think it's funny that you guys were like sold because I'm still not. I mean, I'm not like anti it by any means. No, but that's okay to not be sold. I'm just like, okay, that looked really nice. Um, but for Assassin's Creed, I think the environments looked way better. Like the people still don't look great. The animations aren't, st- are st- it didn't fix the animations. That's <laughs> Sorry. true. The pe- the no amount of 4K can do that. derpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Shadow looked great. Like so good, but the five hundred dollars. I yeah. want so much money, <laughs> but I almost want to wait until like a nice color comes out. I was about yeah, to say like maybe a if a sweet one. ass bundle comes out. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I okay, have too so- many little black boxes in my room. Uh, so I would like less of them. <laughs> so do like different color consoles? Like, is that a really big selling point for anyone? Is it a big one? No. Does that, do I like them? Yes. Do I I'm, like looking at them? Hell yes. I mean, I'm a, I was always a proponent of like special editions of consoles are like super lame, but now I have, I have the Final Fantasy 15 slim. That's what I play on. It's very mm-hmm. beautiful and it's displayed in my room. And I got those freaking ridiculous neon yellow Joy-Cons for my Switch. Uh, 
I, I, and they're sitting next to my giant ass VCR of an Xbox one. That's just like a, and it doesn't look pretty. And like, <laughs> I, I am a lady who likes pretty things. And I think I might just wait until they announce a white one because it matches my decor better. I don't oh, know. They yeah. have a white Xbox one. S. Oh, they do. No, no, no. The X. Oh, they'll do it. They they'll do it. Event. They have a white PS4 pro. They do. Yeah. I thought about <laughs> I thought about getting the S, but because it's so the other one was so big, and then I was like, "Well, just forget it. I'll just wait for them to announce the X." Yeah, too many yeah. freaking consoles. I mean, but that's why they will that's eventually why, that's what a lot do of a white. Did. They skipped over the X, X. altogether, and they pre-ordered the X. Mm-hmm. How about a pink yeah. one? Can we get like a hot pink? Xbox. I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, because you can get them specially covered yourself, but like no. colorware. Yeah. That's too Consoles, much effort. Console skins. I just uh, want Microsoft to make it. I brought this up because yesterday, which was Tuesday, Andrea was over here and we were at Best Buy to pick up a headphone jack thing. And I was trying to convince Jason to get a PS4 Pro. I'm like, you know, you're out of space. You should get one. We're going to upgrade our TV anyway. And then Andrea was like the final push that like convinced him to do it. And so we go to Best Buy. We get the black PS4 Pro. Wonderful. I'm like, okay, now I'll install it and start getting Destiny 2 going so we can play tonight because we had to visit his parents. And by the time I got home, it was going to be late. And I wanted just to be able to hop into Destiny 2. And then Andrea mentions this white Destiny mm-hmm. 2 console. <laughs> I was Andrea. wondering, no, why did you get the black one when you could get the white one? Because Best Buy only had one black one left. And, and so then Andrea mentions the white one. And now all of a sudden, Jason's like tunnel vision. He's like, I just kind of want a white console. I'm like, okay, fine. So he calls like half a dozen stores and he finally finds one that has it. And which meant that he went in with Andrea, put money down. He couldn't pick it up at the time because I think at that time it was like 6 p.m. and GameStop for whatever reason was like, no, you can't buy this now. It's because it had the Destiny 2 disc inside. But the servers weren't live yet anyway, right? I know. But technically, if you had the disc, you could start playing early. Oh, Mm -hmm. so it's not. So having a disc isn't the same as just preloading the game. No. Well, I mean, it depends on the type of game it is. Um, but specifically for Destiny 2, if you had a physical disc in your possession, you could have started playing it on Tuesday because a lot of media outlets started playing it early because they had special codes. But if you had a physical disc and you put it in your console, it would work. Okay. Which is I was under the impression not that... allowed to distribute them or sell them before 9 p.m. Pacific time when the stuff okay. went live. Well, that makes sense. So anyway, point being is now he's like, oh, I have to get this white PS4 Pro. So, okay. <laughs> so now it's like 1045 at night. We go to this GameStop and they're still in the store, but they're closed. They won't let us in. They won't ring him up. And so we had to go back this morning. So we still haven't played Destiny 2 together. That's my story. It's not a great story, but that's my story. All because he wanted a white console. And to me, I don't give... Song. I don't it's give the two shits. song of the future. It looks like the future. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just, it does. it's like, like every, every imagining of what the future would be like in the 60s, that it's just like sleek white walls and shiny white surfaces. <laughs> it looks like the future. I mean, I have I was, two white PS4s, so. I was very tempted by the white I know. Destiny PS4 Pro because I, I'm like, my PC case is white. It would be nice. I think I will probably do what Alexis doing and wait for the Xbox One X to come out in white because I know they'll do it eventually. Um, and then I can have like all pretty, clean, modern looking things. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it might bother me if one's if they don't match. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just don't I'm care. Not, <laughs> it stresses me out a lot. Thing. It sure. stresses me out a lot that my like my PlayStation Four is behind my giant 
Xbox box and then in front of it is my like super happy like turbo pop like switch with like the bright yellow like <laughs> handles. It's crazy. It all has to match. Just make bright yellow everything. There <laughs> is one other game I wanted to talk about that I played at PAX West and this is a game called Runer. And it Runer? is Runer. Runer. Like, uh, like I'm going to ruin your day. A ruiner. ruiner? Um, but they you just, just spell it runer. They didn't say ruiner. But runer sounds like you're saying the word runer, like you're an er, <laughs> like you're someone who does stuff with runes. Ruiner. This is true. Ruiner. Ruin, runer. So ruiner. it's R U I N E R. Correct. Yes. Got it. Okay. So this game is being um, published by Devolver Digital. Cool. And um, it launches in a couple of weeks, actually. It's coming out very soon. And I normally, when a game references Hotline Miami, I normally am like, nah, that's not going to be for me because I did not like Hotline Miami. I like, I totally appreciate it for what it was from like a game making perspective, but like, I don't like games that are like that punishing. I don't have Mm -hmm. the patience for them. So I was hesitant about playing this, but I was actually. Pleasantly surprised by um, how much I really got into my playtime. So this game is top down, but it's a li- it feels it feels more like two point five D than straight two D like Hotline Miami was. But it's kind of that same isometric perspective, like um, up and over the shoulder, and it's um, very cyberpunk. Um, so the description reads. It's a brutal action shooter set in the year 2091 in the cyber metropolis Ragnarok. Rangkok? Like Bangkok. A wired sociopath lashes out against a corrupt system to uncover the truth and retrieve his kidnapped brother under the guidance of a secretive hacker friend. So you play this guy who has this mask on his face. Is he the ruiner? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, and that mask is hacked by this evil um, enemy who is telling him to go kill people. So it's like he's wearing it's like a it's like a face. It, it covers his face all the way, almost kind of like a Bane mask. Not like mm. Bane from the movie, but like the actual the like, actual mask. comic Bane. Um, oh, okay. And this hacker girl is trying to stop him from when his brain gets hijacked she tries to come in and like give it back to him but essentially you run through the world it's a twin stick shooter and um you're trying to meet up with this girl and figure out why this is happening to you and essentially like defeat all the bad guys and the art the the art is really cool it's incredibly well done and the cutscenes that they have, while there aren't many of them, they have the, a really cool visual style to them. And sometimes with indie games, you can see the fact that it's a small team. You can see that they probably had to take shortcuts in visuals because high-end fidelity visuals are really expensive. But this looks really incredible. I was very impressed. And the gameplay was pretty easy to pick up. There's like a variety of weapons and you learn um you have different abilities like so there's like an energy meter system and then you have a health meter and there are different pads in the world that you stand on that will refill your health so as you're moving through the world you can find like an energy pad and stand there and fill your meter um and then you use your energy to execute specific moves so you have a variety of guns and you have a melee weapon you can switch between guns and melee 
Um, they have, you know, kind of like your stereotypical like shotgun, pistols, uh, crowbar, things like that. Um, but the gameplay felt super slick. And I was playing it on easy mode. Baby ass, baby mode. Full disclosure, I wasn't about to make an ass of myself in front of the like 50 people that were watching me play this on a gigantic screen at PAX West. Um, And um, I still got my ass handed to me um, when I got to the end of the level. And it was it was really the thing that I sometimes hate about twin stick shooters is that they just feel so like busy like there's like a lot of stuff going on on screen at the at once and to me like visually i'm just like "Ah, i can't i can't deal there's just too much shit on the screen right now and this didn't feel that way it felt very purposeful but it felt like it really eased you into how the mechanics of dodging and shooting were going to ramp up so that way when you got to the final boss at the end of the level you didn't feel like you were being thrown into the deep end and it was an impossible win like i died a few times but i didn't die an overwhelming amount of times to the point where i got frustrated and wanted to put the controller down and walk away and that to me is a win for people like me who are interested in this uh, genre of games or this style of games but have been incredibly intimidated by them in the past and I didn't get to see it on the harder modes, but I have to imagine if you are the person who enjoys that, (laughs) that (laughs) there is no shortage of difficulty for you to try out. So um, I I really like this game, and I just wanted to give a a, a little shout-out and say, I'm going to try you now. Thank you for making Shout out. Thank you for not ruining Uh, this experience for me. Exactly. But yeah, did you girls play anything else at PAX you want to talk about? I played Monster Hunter World. Oh. And I'm not going to go on a tangent about it because I already did two of those today. Um, <laughs> I've never got the, the, the TLDR is I never got into Monster Hunter. I have friends that absolutely love it and worship it. Um, and that game has predominantly been on the 3DS up to this point. Imagine co-op Dark Souls, but instead of fighting nasty ass uh, supernatural creatures, you're fighting only sometimes nasty ass big monsters. Um, only I, sometimes nasty ass only big so, monsters. Only sometimes nasty ass monsters. Is this okay. a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's great. I had so okay. much fun. I've oh, never, good. I've never, never been a, uh, a monster hunter person. Uh, it didn't uh, the 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 idea of going out and just like hunting things for their, their their skins or catching them just to catch them never really like appealed to me because that's the whole game the whole through line is you're building out your bestiary uh which i guess is pokemon that might be why i abandoned <laughs> pokemon um, <laughs> wow realization I? um but I, uh, I i so i played with uh our our named pa and brandon jones actually uh from easy ally Brandon. sat down with me and then a, a random person i'd never met and the four of us teamed up and went out into the world and you can go out alone and then call your friends to come to you. So if you're like going out and I find it, you find a giant lizard and you're like, Oh friends, come help me, come help me. You can summon them or send like a signal and they'll come and they'll help you take it down. And you, it, and it's not like you hit it in one area. Like you stand there and you hit it until it dies. The thing will move. It will leave. It will try to escape. So you have to go after it. It will hide. You have to, find track it you have to track it so you track it find it fight it it'll leave you might have to track it again you can leave it alone or you can go after it again 
Um, it'll fight you back. It'll summon more friends to like help you help you like, to help him fight you. Um, and I actually really liked it. There's a lot, a lot of skill involved and it's really tough. And these creatures have like dark souls level health. Like these creatures are very hard to take down. It's not like, you know, like Final Fantasy 15, you walk up to the behemoth and you know that after two minutes of just hitting it, it's gone. Um, the enemy uh, AI is very unpredictable and the way these creatures move is unpredictable. And at the beginning of the game, you don't know anything about them. So you have to remember, oh, this is this kind of creature. This is how it moves. This is what it does. This is its behavior. Um, and you really have to learn about your prey. Like you, you, the game will keep track of stuff for you, but you have to remember uh, the stuff that you've fought and what you've caught and how it behaves. And I really like it. It was a lot of fun. And it looks great on, I played on PlayStation 4. It looks great on a TV with nicely, you know, not 3DS graphics. So I think this might be the first Monster Hunter game I go for. Jason and I have played uh, Monster Hunter. But the problem that we on 3DS, the issue we ran into is the learning curve was so massive Yep. That we weren't sure what the hell we were doing. And we felt like, because I don't think in the H, in the 3DS versions, there are health bars. So you don't know. You can only tell when they're getting close to the end because they'll start limping or they'll start like bleeding or yep, something. There's no health bar in this right. one either. The and limping so, and the bleeding is still a thing. Okay, yeah. Um, and then you have to track it. And then I think if too much time goes by, it'll like regen some health, maybe. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, okay. And so we're like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we doing this? But I'm wondering if it being on console, if it'll be a little more easier to understand like what you're doing and why you're doing it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it, the <laughs> the HUD wasn't wasn't unbearable like certain other games <laughs> I talked about today. Um, the girl at Capcom who walked me through it is like a super duper Monster Hunter fan, and she was saying like it being made for console and it being made for like trying to hit a little bit of a wider audience. They have taken into account stuff like that, like the learning curve, like the, if you haven't played a monster hunter before, how do we make this a little more, a little more friendly for you so you can get into it without dumbing it down. So I'm really looking forward to it. Sweet. Awesome. All right. This has been a long one, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging in there with us. Um, Brittany, Hi. Is not going to be with us for the next two weeks. I wonder why. Congratulations. Brittany's getting ba, married. Ba, 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 ba. Yay. Thanks. Ba, ba, ba. Thanks. I'll be thinking of you guys. I'll miss you. No, you won't. Don't think it's no, I, will. I hope not. <laughs> As you're like walking down the aisle, you're like, I wish. <laughs> I wonder what Andrea and Christine and Alexa are doing right now. Did they set the Twitter post to go live at the right time? No, I didn't. That I'm will gonna fuck it up, Brit. Just, just so it's fine. Twitter <laughs> takeover, <laughs> all King Butts gifts for two um, weeks. But we, um, but we will be going strong. Don't you worry. Um, we'll have plenty of games to talk about. There's lots of stuff happening, and it's just gonna be a giant snowball from here until the end of the year with yeah. so many video games from here on out. It's insane. This the sprint. This is the sprint to the end of the year. Yep. Mm-hmm. All the games between. Oh God. Yeah, at least they delayed some stuff, like they always Not do. Not enough like, oh, stuff thank God. delayed, though. No, please delay more stuff. More it's stuff fine. needs to go to next year. It's yeah. fine. Please <laughs> delay more stuff. Um, but um, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Um, if you have not yet subscribed on uh, your podcast service of choice, we would greatly appreciate it if you did. If you could leave us a rating, um, we would also love that. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash what's good games. You can follow us on Twitter at what's good underscore games. You can uh, be part of our awesome Patreon community at patreon.com slash what's good games. And we really, you know, love that community and everyone is so great. And thank 
thank you again to everybody who came up to us at PAX. I know we got a lot of questions about the merch that we are selling at PAX. Um, we are still working on merch options. I know I've said that a couple times now, but I promise we are still working on it. We're hopefully going to get it up and running um, soon. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all I have. Did I forget anything? Nay. Nope. I don't think so. Nailed it, as usual. Ah, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm going to be on Destiny 2 all weekend. If you see me, let's let's squat up. I think we have, I believe we have a WGG Destiny clan, even though we didn't talk about the news that technically clans aren't live yet. That's a whole thing that Bungie didn't mention was going to happen. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oops. Um, Uh-oh. But not worth discussing at this point. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a fantastic weekend, and we will see you next week.